are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. How did a person attach himself to a baptized congregation in the 17th century? Did they have prayer meetings? How did they show Christian love to one another? Answers to these kind of questions about church life would largely be guesses except for individual church records that tell us some of the ways the various churches practiced these things. I find these accounts fascinating because they convey to my soul more than just locations, dates, numbers, and pastoral histories. I can't wait to meet some of these people in heaven. So in this episode, I want to read from the Broadmead Bristol records of a few ordinary and not-so-ordinary events in the life of that body. Some will sound familiar to you, but they are often explained with a scriptural clarity not always found today. Others will leave us scratching our heads, but I hope these stories illustrate the spiritual and caring life of this early church. The first thing I want to read are three accounts of a man and two women joining the church. Brother Thomas Child was proposed the 23rd day of the fifth month, 1671. Spoken with the 20th day of the sixth month following before the whole church, he then declared the work of regeneration upon his soul. This was at our public meeting place in Broadmead, the first day we met there. With which his declaration, the church was satisfied. Thereupon the eighth of the seventh month, he was baptized, and at breaking of bread, he was admitted a member of this congregation upon the tenth day of the seventh month in the year 1671. Sister Murray having formerly been proposed and spoken with, and satisfaction received by the church, she was baptized in the river. Uh, just as an aside here, this was so commonly used by them that this place was actually called Baptist Mills. She was baptized in the river, as all others are, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost upon the fifth day of the eleventh month, 1671. And upon the seventh of the said month, she with Sister Gwilliam, who before was also spoken with, and they were both together admitted members of this congregation at breaking of bread, on the said seventh of eleventh month, 1671. And then finally, Sister Pope, an aged widow, and professor with our friends called the Presbyterians, propounded to join with the church the third of the first month last. She was spoken with before the whole church, they receiving satisfaction to receive her into communion. She was baptized the 26th of the second month following and received as a member the 10th day of the third month after 1672. Here you see the same steps were used for men and women. 
It was a deliberate but not a slow process. Baptisms were done in the river, for they rarely had indoor facilities for that. They used the Trinitarian formula for the ritual. Infant sprinkling was not a substitute for immersion upon profession of faith. And they were received into formal fellowship at the fellowship meal, the Lord's Supper. Here is a second account of a set of baptisms that were made extraordinary by the weather. In fact, there's a heading on the top of this part of the records that say this. Here, behold the miraculous hand and work of the Lord. Most of these people now baptized had neglected and omitted their duty after they were convinced of it all winter for fear of the cold. And then, about the beginning of February, it happened to be fine, warm weather, about which time they pitched upon this day to pass under that ordinance. And by reason our pastor, by a fall he had received after he came out of prison, had a pain, a sciatica. So it was doubtful for him to stand so long in the water. So the brethren of the church sent for Mr. Thomas of Wales, pastor of a church at Lantrician, to be the administrator. And the Lord, in his wise providence, so ordered it that when he came, according to the day appointed, it was such extreme cold weather, the like had not been all that winter before, for exceeding high and sharp piercing wind, frost, and snow. It was very violent, though the snow was not very deep, but the wind had frost so much that one of the women to be baptized in going to the place through the meadows, her handkerchief received some wet being about her neck, was frozen. And a distemper upon her in such abundance that her maid that waited upon her, alone being privy to it, told her if she went into the water, she would not come forth alive. Also another, Mr. Jennings, the minister, pained with the toothache so great that his face was very much swelled, bound up, and by reason whereof had not been out of his house near a week before, and that day very ill with it. Another of the men, about a week before, sprained his leg. Not able to go, was carried on a horse to the place. Another man of them was very weak, thin, and consumptive. His relatives were very averse to the ordinance. Wherefore, some did fear the issue, that is, the end result seeing the terrible sharpness of the season. But the persons themselves that were to pass under the ordinance acted faith in the Lord. And because the administrator had come so far on purpose, according to appointment, they would defer it no longer. And the Lord, to declare his power, did, as it were, work a miracle, to give a precedent to others that should fear the coldness of any season to do his will. The Lord preserved them all, and not so much as one ill, but rather better by it, and are all alive to this day, being about ten years since, to speak of the Lord's goodness. Though some would fain have been then spectators, but they were afraid to go, by reason it was such extreme piercing weather, and continued so for three days altogether, that those adversaries that heard of it after it was done looked upon the people as mad that they would adventure on such a work at such a season. 
Therefore, from all, praise, 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 and glory be to the Lord. Next, here is an account of a prayer meeting that they began. Upon the 31st day of the eighth month, the church being apprehensive of the great designs and endeavors of men to undermine the interest of our Lord Jesus in these nations, and the many dangers and judgments that were impending, did agree together to spend two or three hours every week in prayer, as many as could assemble together from five o'clock till eight, each third day evening, changing the meeting of conference that used to be the second day evening into this of prayer. No brother was to exceed half an hour in prayer, and if any did exercise his gift in speaking, not to exceed one half hour. And so the first of November we began, and in three hours six brethren prayed, and one spoke. Next is an account of a death in the congregation. Upon the 20th February, or 12th month, remember, this is still in the time when the regular calendar in England began in March, not January. So the last month of the year was February. Upon the 20th February, or 12th month, in the year 1677, our aged brother Robert Simpson departed this life in the 85th year of his age and was interred in Philip's yard by his wife and daughter at the back door of the meeting house there called the church. He could read the smallest printed Bibles without spectacles. A week before he died, he said as he lay upon his bed in the daytime, he said to Brother Reeves, the Lord had been preaching to him better than a hundred sermons. Brother Reeves asked him what it was. He said he had been meditating as he lay a little upon his couch in the daytime about the Israelites' servant in Exodus 21, 5 and 6 that had served his master six years. He was to go free the seventh year, but if he said he loved his master, then he would not go out free. Then his ear was to be bored to the doorpost with an awl, and he should serve him forever. Now, said Brother Simpson, I have served Christ so long, and I love my master still. And if I were to live a hundred years more, I would not leave my master. And upon the resolution, the Lord came in upon my soul and said that I should be his servant forever. Notice the care that is taken to call the building a meeting house and not a church. The church, of course, consisted of saints, not bricks. It's also clear from this tender account that the church loved their brother, and his example is a good one for us when our dying day comes. Thank you for listening. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Mm -hmm.